Good evening and welcome to the Repertoire Happy Hour part of the Global Band Room podcast. My name is Keith Kelly and every month I am joined from get, by guests from across the world and we discuss uh, our beers of choice, our drinks of choice, and we plan an imaginary concert as well. And this month, uh, it's only February, it's not quite March yet, but this is the, the podcast, the Repertoire Happy Hour before St. Patrick's Day. So this month we are doing a show all about Ireland uh, and Irish compositions, music inspired by Ireland, Irish song and Irish composers, of course, as well. And I'm delighted to be joined uh, by, by three fantastic band people from uh, from across the US and Ireland. And we can even say Australia maybe a little bit as well on this on this show. Um, so without further ado, let me introduce you to my guest. Uh, first of all, uh, of course, I have to introduce her first because she is my regular co-host on the show, Gail Brechting, uh, president-elect of the Association Concert Bands and with the West Michigan Concert Wins as well. Gail, how are you? I'm really good. I want people to notice that I am a very, what am I? I'm a very Irish person. Yeah. You know, when I'm with you, Keith, I always feel guilty about being, you know, telling you I'm Irish, but dang it, here in America, I'm like three quarters Irish. So <laughs> I'm pretty Irish. I'm looking you're pretty for Irish it. and we've we've planned tours. They, they, you know, they haven't happened yet, but you've been here in Ireland with your band before mm -hmm. and uh, and you're, you, you've been a big promoter of a, lo a lot of things, Ireland, uh, when it comes to the band world. So, uh, so you, so we've adopted Good. you. Um, we've, we are also joined by uh, someone that I recently had the opportunity to interview on my podcast, The Global Band Room, and that will be released very soon, that interview. I'm joined by Amy Knops of the University of Missouri. Amy, delighted to have you here. And I know we had you on short notice as well. So thank you for making the time today. Absolutely. I'm really glad it worked out. It's great to, to be here with all of you. And Amy's connection with Ireland mainly stems from her work with the University of Missouri and the uh, and, and the connection that they have to Ireland and having marched in the St. Patrick's Day parade on two occasions, almost a third, but it didn't quite happen. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Right. Mark Mizzou, which is our university marching band at the University of Missouri, had traveled to Ireland uh, to perform the St. Patrick's Day um, Parade twice before in 2012 and 2016. And we were on track to go again in 2020. And the pandemic hit four days prior to our departure. So, we postponed our tour till this March, and then, of course, we ultimately had to cancel our trip in in December. But we are optimistic. We are looking ahead, and we look forward to returning at some point in the future when it's safe to do so. Well, I'm delighted to be able to have you on the, on this week on this month's show, so that we can talk about the the band and about your trips to Ireland and about some some of the Irish music that you guys play as well. Uh, and my last guest for this evening is uh, a fr another friend of the podcast, someone that we've interviewed in the past. One of I think it was episode two actually when I started formally calling this the Global Band Room Podcast. Uh, my colleague and friend, and he seems to have frozen on the screen <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> uh -oh. John Carpenter. We might come back to John in, in, in a moment. Um, let's do a quick roundtable then while we're waiting for John to rejoin us then. Um, 
this is Repertoire Happy Hour, and as well as Repertoire, we are going to talk about the drinks that we're having. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, I decided uh, quite uh, unplanned to go into 2021 um, alcohol-free, and it's still going that way. But I'm not leaving you all high and dry, and I'm not staying on water tonight tonight either. I am drinking Fox's Rock non-alcoholic pale ale. And it's really, really nice. Um, and I love pale ale. I love Belgian beers. And uh, to find one that's non-alcoholic and tastes good has been <laughs> an absolute pleasure. Because these non-alcoholic beers, you know, a lot of them don't taste great. Uh, we're joined by John again. Yes. John, how are you? Sorry, man. Just as you introduced me, obviously, I had to fall off the off, off the, the, the screen. Oh, well, typical. let me just let me introduce you properly then this time, John, because I aborted just as I was as I was about to start. John was a colleague of mine in the Defence Forces in Ireland. Uh, John has since risen through the ranks and is now conducting the bands and uh, is also conducting brass bands as well in Ireland. Um, you'll notice that his accent isn't Irish um, for anyone that doesn't know John, uh, but I'll let John tell you a little bit about himself. John, why don't you introduce yourself a bit? Uh, yeah, so I uh, I came to Ireland and well, it'll be actually ten years. I've been I've been living in Ireland uh, this uh, July, July. So uh, and I I've been in the Defence Forces nine years this July because we're there's a, a few other people that would have joined with me as well. So they're they're sort of looking forward to the the nine year uh, celebrations. Um, but it's it's been how lucky was I when I I came to the country that I was able to join the Defence Forces and then. Uh, and then come up to be a, become a conductor. I, I'd always wanted to be a trombone player, and it was <laughs> conducting wasn't really in the in the side of it. But it, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been so lucky and meeting people and uh, exploring new music. Uh, uh, so much Irish music out there, which is fantastic, and especially the history of the, the Irish Defence Forces has been it's been great. So yeah. Yeah, and obviously, Keith, you, you know all about it yourself. You've, you were in I, it for how long? 12 years. Yeah, 12, yeah. so I did, I did, it, wasn't, it wasn't just a year or two. I did 12 years. No. Uh, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't feel like that long ago, of course. But um, yeah, I mean, John didn't spend long in Ireland before. He was straight into the deep end with the Defence Forces. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, John, what are, you, what are you drinking tonight, John? I, I've got the, the typical Guinness. So uh, I've, been, I've been lucky... I'd be lucky. Um, there's a, a pub just down the road called Harry Burns, that uh, that that's giving uh, takeaway pints and stuff like that. So I was able to get a pizza from them, and and then you just they pour you a few pints and you take them back to your place. So it's good. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, because yeah. we're we're still on lockdown. For anyone that's listening outside of Ireland, we're, Ireland is still pretty much on on full lockdown right now at the moment. Uh, our schools are starting to go back next week, uh, at least some of them. Um, and John's uh, John's own bands, the Defence Forces bands, have played a big role in a lot of the contact tracing that has been going on. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, the bands really just you know, and including our police band then as well, which is a professional band here as well. They've all been out doing. Uh, checkpoints as well so our service bands have very much been part of the response to to covid uh through all of this um gail um what are you uh, drinking you had guinness the last night i um, did have guinness the last time but tonight i chose something a little bit harder tonight i'm drinking <laughs> out of out of my uh waterford glasses that was sent to me by one of keith's uh, companies i'm thrilled that you know i got this is beautiful and i'm drinking the jameson black barrel 
Mm, good choice. Oh, yeah, nice. and I haven't had the Black Barrel before. I love Jameson. I, I was in Ireland back in 06, I think. And uh, you know how when you travel in Ireland uh, with a band, usually you go from place to place to place to place, different locations, different cities. And whoever was at the first one found out I liked Irish whiskey. So every place I went after that, that was the gift they gave me. So I had like all this Irish whiskey that I was coming home with. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. I really like Jameson. It's one of my favorites. However, this is one that I only drink that, that uh, Keith gave us when he came to our house. And uh, so that one is special too. Don't drink poteen. It's terrible. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. So it's moonshine, it. isn't it? Is it's the it's the it's the same idea, isn't it? It's it's alcohol made yeah. of potatoes, and it's completely yeah. illegal. It's it's <laughs> it is and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, I'm drinking black uh black barrel tonight. So there you go. Excellent. Cheers. And so Amy, um, what I know it's 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 early in the day for day for the um for the two ladies. Uh, it's it's four o'clock. Amy, is that right? Where you where you are? Right. Yeah. Just a little after four central time where I am here in Missouri. And, and so, what have you been able to to, to have? Uh, it's a Saturday though, so at least it's not right. weekday. Exactly. It's a Saturday. Well, I almost went with the Guinness, and um, and because I, I remember drinking it at the Gravity Bar. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just oh so good, so good. And and then I I did think about the Jameson because I remember going to the distillery, mm-hmm. having Jameson there. But when I was in Ireland, I fell in love with the Irish coffee. So oh. I just went to Bailey's. Ooh. Oh, yeah, very nice, very nice. Yeah, yum. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. We've we've, okay. we've been doing the uh, just during the winter. We've been doing the hot chocolates with a bit of Bailey's. Oh. Uh, the, which is very nice. So, <laughs> yeah. I like it on ice cream too. It's good on ice cream. Bailey's is Bailey's is good with pretty much anything. I think it's uh, Bailey's cheesecake is just sublime as well. So we've all gone with Irish drinks tonight. I'm the only one with the non-alcoholic drink, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, The only Irish man on the podcast is the one with alcohol tonight. Uh, I just want to point that out for anyone watching. Um, So uh, now that we now that we've all settled in, uh, let's get going. So what we do with this show is we will. each go around and take a turn at talking about um, the music that we are selecting for our imaginary concert, which this month is called Ireland's, Ireland Calls. Uh, Ireland Calls, by the way, is uh, or Ireland's Call, is uh, is a very famous rugby anthem here in Ireland. And we recorded it for a big virtual uh, project last year. And by the way, that was that was one of one of the projects that John helped me uh, sort of head up there last year. We had thousands of musicians mm-hmm. from. Uh, from around the yep. world get, get involved in that mm-hmm. um and this year we're running uh five of those uh for for saint patrick's day we have bands from all four provinces and then international bands recording themselves yeah, as well so a lot of fun um but what we will be doing we'll, we'll be going around in a circle and talking about uh our beginner pieces our beginner selections to fit into that theme of ireland's call uh, and then our intermediate selections and then finally our advanced sections and just for tonight only 
because it's St. Patrick's Day, we all march on St. Patrick's Day. We're going to talk about an Irish march or an Irish-inspired march each then as well. Uh, rather than in the previous two shows, uh, what I've done is I've been part of that panel and I've made my choices too. This month, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be representing the uh, audience's uh, opinion on this. And we've been asking people for their suggestions during the week on the Global Bandroom Facebook group. Uh, so if you're watching live, you can make some suggestions into our comments. Uh, or if you're uh, watching the podcast or listening to the podcast afterwards, you can email us in and I'll be happy to read them out on the next show. So without further ado, um, Amy, we might start with you tonight, if that's okay, uh, with our with our first choice of the night, which is our beginner uh, section. Yes, absolutely. And for this, I wanted to highlight a female composer who was very special to me growing up in Lee Summit, Missouri, which is a suburb on the southeastern portion of Kansas City in the Kansas City metropolitan area. And as a flute and piccolo player growing up, during the summer session, our school district would host summer music camps. And each year we would host Nancy Seward, who uh, is just a really brilliant composer and, and famous here in the Midwest area. And I remember, you know, as a young flute player, uh, being able to meet with her and, and work with her, you know, as we were playing our music. So I wanted to call everyone's attention to her. And the, the selection I picked for tonight was titled Irish Holiday, but she also has a number of other titles that are Irish inspired, such as Two Irish Favorites, A Celtic Ballad, Irish interlude, and then finally a Celtic festival. And these are all, you know, for the, these younger, you know, grade levels and her selections, you know, and, and she was so good at writing, you know, music for, for young developing bands. And so I wanted to call everyone's attention to her music and the connection, you know, that she had, you know, here in Missouri as well, because she, graduated from Central Methodist College, which is right down the road from the University of Missouri in a town called Fayette, Missouri. And she also did graduate work at the University of Michigan, University of Missouri, Kansas City, even at the University of Missouri here in Columbia. And she's just a really special person and name to this area. Did she predominantly write for junior band, Amy? Was that, that her speciality? Right. Absolutely. And she also was a music educator, you know, as well. She uh, taught for 38 years, you know, and she was a very active, you know, as a clinician, adjudicator. And she's got, you know, more than 30 published works, you know, in our repertoire. And just as uh, she taught in the elementary and secondary schools in Leavenworth, Kansas, as well as, you know, uh, even some uh, suburbs here on the Missouri side, such as Polo and Richmond, Missouri. So. Well, if you're listening live, um, this was one of the few tracks that I wasn't able to find a clip of for tonight. Uh, I am going to look even harder during the week while I'm producing the podcast for this. And hopefully, if you're listening to the podcast, we're just about to turn to that right now. Uh, but here and live, uh, we're going to go to uh, John Carpenter and listen to, to, to ask him for his choice on his beginner uh, selection. 
well, uh, my my piece that I chose uh, for this particular section um, is it, it's it's one that sticks in my mind when I think of Irish tunes because I, I I look back at college and I I heard a a beautiful uh, just a, a solo piano version of this um, by uh, an artist in Australia called Tony Gould, um, and he's mostly known as a jazz artist and but he's 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 recorded a whole album with a. Um, uh, the ABC, which is like the um, Australian Broadcasting Corporation over Australia, um, he released a CD of all Irish music for solo piano, and it's sort of a, a bit of an improvised sort of flair to it, and his own arrangements, and um, it really stood out in my mind. But the the arrangement by Michael Sweeney of "Down by the Sally Gardens" um, really stood out with me. Um, <laughs> when it came to Irish music, uh, at, when I was in high school, I was. I was, wasn't really interested. My exposure to Irish music was from through mum, uh, who loved Daniel O'Donnell. I don't know, uh, Gail. Have you, Amy? Have you heard Daniel O'Donnell or, or no. Mary Black? No. no um, I, don't. I, I don't. How would you describe him, Keith? I don't know that. Uh, I'm of... not sure that there's a direct translation of Dan Daniel yeah. O'Donnell. If I'm honest about it, um, he's sort of. Um, he's like the country a... western of. Irish country music. and western but he 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 made it big when he was very young and he was every irish very mammy's big. little boy they all <laughs> wanted to look after him and he had these <laughs> huge amount of fans uh, ladies of all all ages oh, would queue outside his home and bring him tea cozies and very sort of and knit jumpers for him, and um, and his mammy would would bring would bring people in and make tea for them, and and there would just be queues of people outside his house. Um, a very very bizarre, very and uniquely big, 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 Irish big, celebrity. Big in Australia, big in Australia, like he was really huge and in Zealand, like he because he would tour the country regularly. But um, so I mean that's the music that my mum would play in the car, and I, I but every so often. Every so often, there was a melody in there that I sort of I went, oh, I, I like that melody. That's 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 nice. Just very very simple, uh, but it was also a bit of a vehicle to introduce me to fantastic Irish music by the likes of groups called Planksty or the Chieftains or like uh, those those traditional sort of bands and um, uh, Luke. Um, oh, now I've got a Luke. Uh, Keith, you can help me out here. Luke, 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 Luke Kelly. <laughs> that's it, Luke Kelly. That's it, Luke Kelly. Like. <laughs> uh, with with his head, with his big head in Dublin, there, mm. uh, his, his yeah. statue or something. Um, uh, but it, it, down by the Sally Gardens is just one of the first Irish melodies that really stuck to me. And um, it, and I, what Michael Sweeney does, who's obviously he's he's a huge name in terms of the, the, his arrangements and his other compositions and uh, and all the stuff he does through with Hal Leonard. But um, the simplicity of it just makes it so much nicer. Like this nothing complicated that needs to come out of it it's it's really just about the lyricism and and just making sure all the music flows as evenly as smoothly as you possibly can it's it's, it's a great arrangement so yeah the other can thing can i just interject the other thing is that this can be a flex arrangement it is he he went and made it into a flex arrangement which is a very big popular thing right now at least in america for yes. people could only have so many people in the classroom at a time so that's one reason I, that was my second choice, uh, John. Yeah. And I can say <laughs> that it was that way because it was a flex arrangement, I thought, as well as it's so beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. For anyone that wants a little bit more information then on on um, on that and and a, a, band, a wonderful band arrangement of it, John, you'll be familiar with this. Is that it's used uh, in the final part of the Irish uh, funeral march that we uh, play here at all uh, funerals for military uh, personnel. Uh, in a, in a, it's a piece called Brown. Uh, and brown means sadness in in Irish, and the the very last melody that's used in that march, in that funeral march, is down by the Sally Gardens, uh, yeah. and it's a it's a really um, it's a really beautiful uh, arrangement. I think it's by a, Doyle a, was a was a yeah, Colonel it's Doyle. A great arrangement, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's yeah. it's it's one of our signature tunes that um, uh, the bagpipers as well within the Defence Forces use as a lament for any significant occasion. There's a, like I know a few times over the last year for COVID, the um, uh, princi- uh, senior pipe instructor, uh, company sergeant, Kevin Duncan has played that a few times at, at certain occasions for COVID um, frontline workers and and the deceased. It's, a, it's, a, it's just such a beautiful tune. There's there's a lot of Irish tunes and Irish song that get arranged and get played in in the US and across the world a lot, but don't get played that much at home. But down by the Sally Gardens, genuinely is played authentically here in Ireland quite a lot. And and as I said, it's it's you know as John points out there as well, it's it's used by the defence forces here. Um, well, um, we've had two great beginner ones. Let's finish off with our last beginner uh, selection. Uh, uh, and Gail, you have uh, you have this one. Okay, um, this one is called uh, Carrick Fergus. And I had to do a little searching as to what that meant and what it was, but it is a town in Northern Ireland. Um, and it is, I'm going to play this one, even though it is a, a, it's not a beginner tune. It would be maybe just above beginner, maybe like a, a lower intermediate tune, okay, or mm-hmm. something. But it's by Patrick Roselle. And he wrote it actually for his grandmother, whose name was Annie Laurie, which you know, that's a very famous uh, trombone solo and euphonium solo is the Annie Laurie, which mm-hmm. I loved. When any of these things written to a grandparent, I just, I almost start to cry because I think it's so special. <laughs> but it is a beautiful arrangement and and uh, it's a Northern Ireland. So I know that that um, that's part of it, but I looked it up to see what it was about. And a Northern Ireland reminds me a great deal of Northern Michigan, which is the, the state that I'm from. Um, the city looks a lot like our Traverse City, for those people who know Michigan at all, um, a, a, in like the biggest city in, in that area, which is not very big, you know, and it is a town on uh, the, the ocean. It's beautiful. Uh, and there's a big, um, I thought it was very interesting because there is a castle there. And there's also a cottage that was named after Andrew Jackson, because his parents, apparently, who was our seventh president here in the United States, and his um he, his parents were from that area, I think from County Clare. And um, is that the is that the county it is? No, I'm not I'm not saying it right, am I? Um, County Clare? Uh, County Antrim. Antrim, I think it oh, is. Antrim. Antrim. Oh, where Carrick Fergus is. Yeah, right. Carrick Fergus is just outside of Belfast. Yes, um, right, like 11 miles or something. And we definitely would consider anything that's from the north of Ireland Irish. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew that, but I, you know. I mean, American, you know, and I got in trouble for calling the British Isles and having Ireland. I mean, I got in big trouble with a politician (laughs) one time. He came up, he was very kind to me, but he let me know I was a stupid American. So I was was in Ireland. Um, But I thought it was very interesting that there was actually a, um, a, um, during World War II, there was the battalion that was there that was called the U.S. Rangers in 1942, and it was um, a, a big 
place where they were dis- that's where they were trained they were Americans but they were trained there and then went out from there to help with uh, World War II which I thought was also very interesting but um, because of all of that it made it even more special to me I have not performed this but I certainly would perform this in some of my concerts that I do and I've done three or four concerts specifically with Celtic and Irish music because of my heritage so um, I love this piece. It's a beautiful, you will love it. the melody is so pretty throughout. And then it, it gets taken into more, um, to more traditional Irish feel to it, maybe with a little bit of a, there's no jig in it at all. It's, it's all a slower kind of song of this piece that he took and turned it into this lovely, lovely piece. And by the way, Carrick Fergus, um, I thought this was cool, is called the Rock of Fergus because it, there's that big fortress there. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that's why it was called that. So yeah. uh, the, the word Carrig in Irish means uh, rock. Yeah. So Carrick Fergus and Fergus's. So it's Fergus's, Fergus's rock. Well, um, I should have done this for Down by the Sally Garden. I forgot to do it. Uh, but let me play a little bit of uh, Carrick mm-hmm. Fergus for you. Beautiful. Yeah, that's stunning. Yeah, Isn't it pretty. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a two point five or a three, it is a lovely, a lovely piece you could do with a honors band or something like that. Well, it's nice, Dale, that you brought up Traverse City because I taught at Eastern Michigan University before coming to the University of Missouri. I taught there for seven years and lived in, the, of course, the Ann Arbor and it's sure. so nice. I thought your name was familiar. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Well, good. You're a Days. <laughs> well, for anyone that's listening uh, listening live, uh, you might notice that the the, the sound uh, of the of the uh, music through the stream isn't uh, isn't particularly loud. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, hopefully that will be a little bit better. We'll be able to put in the proper sound clips in there. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll be putting links to all of these pieces into the show notes and into the comments uh, underneath uh, this after the show. And you'll be able to go and listen to all of these uh, beautiful pieces um, uh, in, in your own time and, and, and in full as well. And maybe even purchase some of them for your own bands if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's time to move on to our intermediate selection i do know that most of the uh, suggestions that came from the uh from the facebook group uh, were around the intermediate and advanced level we didn't really have many junior arrangements so i won't be men- making men- any any mention of uh, any more junior arrangements so let's go straight into our intermediate selection and maybe let's start with john this time um john would you like to talk about this uh, this is the first time that we'll have uh, anything outside of the wind band uh, genre uh, on the on the show yeah, I, I I know I know Keith that this is, uh, the bands of Ireland is looking for mostly symphonic sort of things, and I thought it might be something a little bit different. But um, 
this is a piece by a British composer, uh, it's, uh, Paul Lovett Cooper. Um, he, he's a, I, I, I want to say he's a big time composer in the brass band world because there's, he's written some incredibly exciting pieces. Um, uh, he's written test pieces, he's written really short, um, exciting stuff. And it, it, it's amazing. If you ever get a chance to listen to some of his things like um, Through the Flames or uh, Horizons, or it's the most exciting stuff. You just, you, you, you almost want to go out running to it. Like it's just, it's the most exhilarating stuff. Now he's a percussionist. He's really used a lot of percussion there to really drive things along. This, but um, um, one of his first compositions, uh, he's got a big relationship with um, Black Dyke uh, uh, Brass Band, um, who are known the world over for their uh, amazing musicianship. Um, and I now I believe he might have played uh, as a percussionist in in the ensemble, but uh, he composed this piece uh, when he was eighteen called Donegal Bay, and it's 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 just. Uh, the pieces, as you, you'll know, all the pieces I've really chosen are all about melody, and they're all essentially taken from uh, um, uh, just traditional tunes. But this one's a, an original composition written for baritone uh, and brass band, uh, and there's a there's a solo version there with piano as well. But it's uh, it's probably one of his first pieces he ever written. He wrote, and um, uh, there's a beautiful performance of Black Dyke. Doing it. now, I'm not too sure who the soloist is because I think there's a few different soloists with the band. Um, but uh, yeah, I highly get it. I recommend getting a chance to listen to it if anyone ever does. I know the brass band people would know it. Well, the YouTube version that I was able to uh, pull up for tonight was by Amsterdam Brass, and, and it is a, a beautiful arrangement of it. And Paul's music uh, is there's a lot of wind band music available by Paul, too. Um, Paul normally uh, has a stand at Midwest Clinic. So for any, any of your, our American friends that go to Midwest Clinic, Paul nearly always has, has his own stand there, too. Um, and he has some amazing music and, and he uh, visited uh, RD concert band a number of years back and, and tried out a lot of his new music with that with, with that great Irish band too and had the opportunity to play through some of his new music there so uh, he's he's a he's a great composer and good friend of of, of the likes of Gary Curtin uh, of of Irish euphonium uh, prides and Brendan Breslin uh, and, and, and and others uh, so this is Donegal Bay uh, by Paul Lovett Cooper and this performance is by Amsterdam Brass.
So that's Donny Gold Bay by Paul Lovett Cooper. Um, mm. British that was the brass band. Sorry, John. Yeah. Yeah. That, is that, I mean, the pictures there, you would have seen. Like, it's not one of the biggest tourist destinations when uh, when people come to Ireland, but um, Donegal, if you ever get a chance to visit, uh, it's at the very, very top of Ireland. Uh, it's not in the north. It's not Northern Ireland. It's it's still in the Republic there, but it's a beautiful place. It's a, it's there's a good rugged beauty to it all. Um, the weather some, can be ferocious. Yeah, yeah. Some some of the most beautiful sites are actually up around Donegal, and one of the reasons that it's not as well known is because the roads in Donegal are not capable of actually carrying large coaches. So when no. University of Missouri come or West Michigan concert wins, we can't get the coaches up to Donegal. Look at me speaking like a tour operator all of a sudden. Um, and so, but if you're ever here on your own and you have the opportunity, there's some more pictures there as we're speaking, and you have the opportunity to travel in a car or with a smaller group of uh, of people. Uh, Donegal and the cliffs around Donegal rival yep. cliffs of moor uh, they are stunning and beautiful and yeah. just one of the most beautiful parts of the country um that's a really beautiful uh, 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 piece uh, by by paul and british brass band um british style brass bands are not totally unknown uh, unknown in the us um gail oh. uh, before we maybe come to you maybe uh, i mean very close to where you are is the brass band battle creek um, yes Oh yeah, which is a famous brass band. Oh, it's a fine, yeah. fine band. It would come from all over the world to play. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I would. Oh, I would love to have an arrangement of this in concert band form. Oh, that'd be nice, Amy. <laughs> it's so pretty. Yeah, I know a lot of people who will take it and and rearrange it. You know, that'd be nice. Well, maybe let's come to Amy then on our um, intermediate choice from Amy, and and uh, this is a piece that I know both yourself and gail had on their lists uh but uh gail gail kindly said that she'd do another uh talk about another piece tonight <laughs> so let's maybe let's 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 hear from you amy well not surprised because this next selection is quite popular in you in the united states and utilized very often as a concert opener and this is titled kurt patrick fanfare by andrew boysen who is now at, or is at the University of New Hampshire. And this selection also has a Missouri connection in that just west, to, west of us at the University of Missouri, we have Central Missouri State University, or now it's the University of Central Missouri. And back in 1999, they were dedicating the James C. Kirkpatrick Library and this piece was commissioned for that dedication. And James C. Kirkpatrick was apparently quite Irish and was, quote unquote, famously Irish, as is stated in the program notes. And this uh, is beautifully done. It's got a strain of Danny Boyne in it. And then again, um, has a special connection with Missouri. And also for me personally, because when I was working on my master's degree in wind conducting at the University of Kansas, one of my colleagues there uh, is now Lindsay Boysen of the famous Song for Lindsay. And I was really fortunate to not only develop a great friendship with Lindsay, but then get to know Andy, who is now her husband. 
Well, um, I'm going to play uh, the Kirkpatrick fanfare, the the opening of the the, the fanfare now shortly. Uh, the recording that I have for us tonight is uh, by University of North Texas, uh, conducted okay. by Dennis Fisher. And uh, just before I play it, I, mean, I, I wanted to uh, single out the University of North Texas for their uh, most recent recording of Danny Boy, by uh, arranged by Mark Armstrong. Uh, they sent this through to us for our our, uh, upcoming St. Patrick's Day celebrations. Andrew Traxel did a recording of it, um, and they they recorded it in uh, in a in 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 a uh, COVID safe way that like many of the university bands are. I'm sure you're you're well aware, Amy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just it was a stunning performance. First time that I've really heard live band perform like that uh, myself. Uh, and uh, so just a big thank you to Andrew and the University of North Texas uh, for for that recording. Um, so, uh, th- but this is <laughs> Kirkpatrick Kirkpatrick fanfare. That sounds like a really fun piece to play uh, and maybe a great uh, concert opener, potentially. It reminds me a little bit of um, one of the pieces that was um, called out on the um, on the Facebook group this uh, this week, um, which is Lord Tullamore, uh, which is a piece that I know, know well from uh, here with West Michigan. Um, this uh, the, that sort of timpani. Uh, motif uh, after the after the fanfare is sort of really similar to that Lord Tullamore piece that, that we we, produce, we we performed last year, right? Well, Miguel, maybe let's come to you and uh, tell you a little bit about your uh, intermediate selection for this week. Okay, well, I chose the Celtic Carol, uh, which is by Robert W. Smith, <clears throat> and um, th- it also is part of the Old Breton Carol. Uh, that it goes with. And it's so cool because it starts out with this very haunting and uh, almost like an Irish tin whistle kind of feel with the flute playing, um, you know, with with it being almost out of tune in some ways, and then it pulls it back up. It's almost like a violin that can do that because of the way they can play. <clears throat> but then it gets into this fantastic jig at the end. Uh, I use it oftentimes for a closer. And when Keith was here, uh, he did a, uh, in 2019, one of the last concerts we did Actually, it was the last concert we did, Keith, uh, before. That's right. I didn't even think about that. And here's my program. And uh, Keith was my guest conductor. And he came here to go to Midwest. And then he came because Michigan's so close. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was the closer that we did do. And it was uh, uh, it's just so much fun. It's a great piece. Uh, it's not super hard. You do have to have some soloists, uh, obviously, that can do some things. Um, there's a feel in the drums of almost the Boron kind of a drum thing. And 
in the past, I have actually added some players doing it just because it has that feel to it and it looks cool <laughs> um, for us in America to look like we know what we're doing about Irish music. Um, but it gives this really great jiggy, like river dance kind of thing at the end. So uh, it's a fun piece. People would, it'd be one that's not super hard and yet it's challenging enough. Here is uh, Celtic Carol uh, by Robert W. Smith. Sleeves is a really interesting melody um, for for uh, so it, it often gets uh, used um, uh, sim- in in a in a in a way similar to this that you know it's it, it's attached to Ireland and so on but it it, it has many different myths to how it was uh, how it was composed and, and one of those is that it was composed by King Henry VIII um, who who didn't exactly get on with the Irish if we're <laughs> Um, but it, but it is quite often associated with with Ireland too, and and certainly in this setting uh, setting it is. It's a it's it's a great arrangement of it. It does sound authentically Irish in this setting of it too. Right. We used it at Christmas because it, of that with the green sleeves, but it, I've used Same. it for other concerts as well. You know. But it's so much fun. It's a fun piece. Yeah. Absolutely. It is, um, and we had quite a few other selections um, that were that were mentioned um, that kind of fit into this intermediate sort of level. Um, uh, we had a "Blackwater" by Fergal Carroll. I think is a great uh, a piece of music um, that sort of sits in this level. It's not incredibly difficult. There's some interesting time signatures to start maybe teaching alter, um, uh, time signatures to maybe an intermediate uh, level band, but it, there's nothing too taxing in it. But Fergal does a great job of uh, just making an exciting piece out of something that's quite actually quite quite simple and is played by a lot of bands here in ireland and and, and i know in the u.s too yeah. and i think is it song song of leo is another one of his that's of a sort of a similar nature beautiful melody and just it uh, i i'm not too sure what level it's at but i know i've listened to bits and pieces of it it's a fantastic piece he, he writes really well. He he really understands mm-hmm. the, what the musicians are capable of. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. for and I'm I'm sure prior to his military career too. But when you're in front of musicians on a day in day out basis, you know what they can and what they can't do, and 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 you can play, you can tell that by Fergal. You know, he's not just sitting at home composing for imaginary musicians. These are musicians that are sitting in front of him on a day day in day out. Um, so it's very, very practical music. Uh, another another piece is, 
is Finnegan's Wake, and maybe maybe that's more advanced, you know, but sort of maybe sits in between that intermediate and advanced. Uh, but it's a great piece of music, uh, and and I know played played the world over. Um, Blackthorn Wattle by AJ mm. Potter. Uh, is a piece that I think, and a composer that I think more people should be uh, familiar with, both in and outside yes. of Ireland. Uh, AJ Absolutely. Potter um, uh, wrote a, a, a huge amount of music uh, for the military bands in Ireland, for the Artane band, and, and and for bands around the country. Um, and Blackthorn Wattle is one of uh, my personal favorites of his his compositions. It's featured on an album that I will um, talk a little bit more to, about at the end of the podcast. But uh, the Irish Defence Forces recorded a an album of Irish compositions, composers, music inspired by Ireland, and, and some uh, some pieces that we're going to speak about tonight. Um, but it's it's an album definitely worth uh, knowing about. And um, the last one that I would, would that I would come back to then uh, is uh, at, at this level is um, Longford Legend, uh, oh, yeah. which is yeah, yeah. Uh, which is by Robert Sheldon, um, and just a really excellent setting of Granger esque style music set to these old Irish poems, um, and uh, just really authentically written uh it sounds irish you know <laughs> it yeah. sounds it sounds wonderful uh, and i know it very uh regularly played uh, by many american bands i believe mm -hmm. yeah sheldon is a really good composer that way i think he gets down to the truth of the piece and the tune and then he can just arrange it so beautifully to be used at many levels actually i mean mm -hmm. levels and and very difficult you know more challenging levels but yeah, that was one of my favorites too, Keith. I didn't put that one on. But it's hard when you asked me. I had like 25, so. So difficult. It was, it, that, that particular piece is, uh, as well as Granger, there's a bit of sort of Vaughan Williams-esque uh, to it all as well, yeah. in terms of how, like the yeah. British sea songs and stuff. But right. it's, it, 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 it's like, it, I, I listening to each movement, it's just so distinctive and so reminiscent of all of those like Percy Granger, particularly like yeah. when I think when I think wind band Irish music, Molly on the Shore and yeah. um, the Irish Air, like it, it is just you never get that music never gets old. No, 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 it becomes one of those earworms too. When you listen to it, you know, it it takes a long time for it to go away, and that's okay because it's cool. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of Molly on the Shore, actually, John, I know um, one of the one of the people that that conducted that more times than than I can uh, that I can count. Um, well, while I played under him was Brian Prendergast, who just retired in recent days uh, from the Irish Defence yeah. Forces, and yeah. um, Brian would play and conduct that piece at a pace that you had, to, <laughs> you, you had to be ready for that. Uh, my, my clarinet yeah. was smoking um, <laughs> when, when Brian would conduct that, um, would always put you through your paces. Um, a, a brilliant piece of music. And when played by a clarinet section, when a professional clarinet section, and it just sounds really tight, just an amazing, uh, an amazing piece. Not easy. Because... Yeah. No, and it's and it's it's written in such a uh, well. I mean, it's it's sort of an odd register. It's a low register for the clarinet, but it's mm. it work it works so well when you have so many people doing it, and just just trying to get that tightness, mm. just that that real rhythm drive to it all. Mm. Is um when it's when it happens, it's it's just it's floating. It's, it's yeah. amazing. 
Yeah. Well, now that we're starting to talk about more complicated pieces of music and more technical pieces of music, let's move on to our uh, advanced section. And Gail, I might start with you this time. Um, We've just finished with you, um, but let's start with you for our advanced section. Well, the one I chose was at Kitty O'Shea's. <laughs> yes, it's by Johan de Mai. I know. And I will toast you, Amy, because we just performed it in not this past October, but October 2019. And I did a, a, a concert called, um, oh gosh, what was it called? Um, Uneven Ground, because the Celtic band I had come in, that was their name, Uneven Ground. And um, so I thought, well, I really want to pull this off. And it was done by a number, it was a consortium that asked him to at Midwest different people kept meeting at this well first of all you know if you're not if you don't know Kitty O'Shea is this wonderful pub or bar that is part of the Hilton in Chicago downtown Chicago on Michigan Avenue and it's where when you go to Midwest conference that is it used to be that was where it was held so after everything was done for the day you were either in the other area to the right that was like kind of the overflow or you were at Kitty's and so many things must have happened at Kitty O'Shea's. Oh, I mean, gosh. for me, it has. I mean, I found out great things like I became such a winner at this, Sarah. I found out I didn't, or you know, <laughs> talk to a friend about about you know, let's let's go together and do this with a with a piece of music or whatever. I mean, it was millions of things that happened in Kitty O'Shea's. Well, obviously, with Johan de Mai being there as well, and he's you know such a great composer. So he was approached by a consortium to possibly um, write a piece and title it this. And it was titled um, at Kitty O'Shea's and it started, He, t- he I, I saw him talking and he said it started in 1995 when someone approached him about this. And it was uh, finally put together through the ABC College, which is the American Band College. Um, and that's out in Washington. A lot of band directors, it's, it's sort of what Vandercook was. Uh, it is now kind of the West Coast Vandercook School for like grad students. Uh, and you can go there and as a band director, you can go there and get your degrees in a short amount of time in the summer. It's a really great, great program. And they bring in all these phenomenal artists to work with you. And so you are learning hands on. Anyway, Johan was one of those people. So he, he said it took a long time. Finally, I think 2010, they finally did the premiere. And when they did the premiere, they did it there at ABC. So they also took all these ballads and I, I added them up. I think there's like oh, eight boy. ballads eight ballads that he decided to put into this work. It's a 15 or 20 minute work. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a long thing, but he also wanted it to be sung. He, he said, you know, Irish music has words. So, so he had this chorus that from the ABC college of the vocal teachers that they put this chorus together. And so it is, it's just so cool. It's really hard as you get to the end Talk about you guys, you know, Molly on the floor. It's like Molly on the shore on steroids. Uh, holy <laughs> my clarinets were just, were just cursing most of the time. <laughs> That's, yeah, we were just talking about Fergal and him being very understanding of what the instrumentalists <laughs> are capable of. And uh, Johan doesn't, yeah. doesn't mind what he puts no. on the page. <laughs> I think he's a brass player, so it's like, you know, whatever. So, it's, it's, funny. it's a trombone player, isn't he? He's a trombone player, I think. Yes, you're right. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. A fabulous so all, he to, all he has to do is move his slide. He doesn't need That's to. Right. <laughs> yep. yeah. I'm a trombone player too, John, so we're, we're in on this. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, there's a story about Kitty O'Shea's uh, and the, the, the months leading up to that. Um, Johan had a, uh, Johan uh, has a, has beautiful properties in, 
in in New York and outside, but he has had a beautiful property in in Manhattan and uh, uh, was returning home to his apartment one day and and uh, seen a notice for a, a coffee machine um, that was being sold secondhand and d- decided you know he needed a coffee machine at the time, so he called to the apartment of the the man that was that was selling it and knocked at the door and they had a brief conversation and they they you know they oh we've been living together for you know next to each other for a while you know get to know each other and what what do you do for a living oh I'm a composer oh I'm a composer too and yeah. I, I notice your your accent is uh, is is not American and it's like no I'm from from the Netherlands and, and you know well I'm not I'm I'm I, I'm actually from 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 Ireland, and Johan says to him, "Well, oh, that's fun, fantastic news. I, I'm actually writing a piece of mu- music featuring Irish song. Would you know anything about Irish song?" And he said, "I, I would. Um, I've I've composed some Irish song in the in the past." And he said, "Oh, what have you uh, composed?" And and the man turned around and said, "I've composed River Dance. Uh, my name is Bill Whelan." Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Which is. Just perfect in every way. He had asked Bill Whelan, does he know anything about Irish song? Uh, which is just amazing. I did not know Crisis. that story. Mm. And yeah. Johan tells that story all the time. And and actually myself and John uh, were part of the, the Irish premiere uh, of Kitty O'Shea's when he came to uh, to Ireland a number of years ago. And we performed that with the Irish Symphonic Wind Orchestra combined with the Irish Youth Wind Ensemble. So there was about... 150 to 160 musicians trying to keep all those semi-quavers together it was uh <laughs> it was it was difficult um but it was a great lots of energy and, and, and just such a fun piece of music and he has it he has a uh sequel if you want to call it to a kitty o'shea is now called celtic classics and it's a mm. uh, it's all the songs that he learned from from Bill, you know, that that he that he wasn't aware of previously. Uh, well, it's a great piece of music, and this is that premiere in um, at Midwest uh, a number of years ago. Uh, I think and yeah, t- t- twenty ten. Yeah. If you can um, play a little of the beginning, but can you zip back to the to the end and play a little? Of the I will. End? I will absolutely. It's worth <laughs> it's worth doing. We'll, we'll play we'll play a bit of we'll top and tail this one. Okay. I will Perfect. say that there's guitar in it, and they have to read. So for those of you who've ever tried to hire a guitar player that reads, that doesn't. <laughs> and an accordion also, so you have to be able to find an accordion player. And a bit it. of whistle, a bit of whistle too. A bit of whistle, that's right. Mm. There's so much, Johan is just so much fun with what he does. Like, you know, you can see the joy that even, that, that he has. And there's just, there's so much excitement in his music a lot of the time. But yeah, you are right, Gail. I think we have to listen to it. To notice he's a left-hand conductor. Do you know? He is. His left hand. And he's a trombone player. Does he play his trombone with his left hand? John, do you know? No, no, he doesn't. No, no. It's the same. Philip Sparks, a left-hand conductor as well. Oh, I remember, Keith, but yeah, when, when Phil That's Spark right, because we had the two of them one year after another. We had two oh, left-hand yeah. conductors, one after another. Yeah. Wow. Something about composers. And like a left-hand ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're going to go into the very last hand, last minute of yeah. um, Kitty O'Shea's. Yeah. 
I bet I know exactly where the party was after that <laughs> performance. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's 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 a great piece of music and you know um it's it's not a piece of music that gets played very much here in Ireland. I think mainly due to just the the the, the size of it, the the scope of the piece. It is as Gail said, you know, 20 minutes long. It's it's a longer piece, but it's such a fun piece and I do, I do wish that more more Irish bands would 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 attempt uh, to play even parts of it because it's it's a it's it's so richly scored and, and fun. Well, uh, moving moving on, uh, maybe we uh, move to John next and um, have a chat about your uh, advanced piece. Well, uh, I don't know how, uh, Gail, Amy, I don't know how you chose what piece to, to put in this <laughs> section because there were just so many. Like oh. I, was, I, was, I, was, I was almost tempted to put um, uh, John Williams' uh, The Far and Away, the Paul, mm-hmm. Paul uh, Lavender, right? It's because uh, I, I know the original soundtrack had the Chieftains in that and it's such a arousing, it's a tricky piece but uh, it's fantastic, it's really good but I thought I would um, I, I'd put down um, one of my colleagues pieces uh, that I haven't I was I was very struggling, it was struggling to find any recordings, I think I don't know, Keith, did you find a recording of uh, it's, it's the, yeah, it's the recording on the publishers on the Machinist Music um, yeah. Web, website yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, the piece is uh, Tipperary Rhapsody, and um, it, it was uh, it was commissioned by the Garda Band, which is the Irish police uh, band. Uh, they they commissioned it back in two thousand and three and performed it. I, I I think it was commissioned in two thousand three. Well, they performed it in two thousand three anyway. And um, uh, because Fergal's a he's a Tipperary man, uh, so uh, all all the songs except for one is uh it, it is in the piece, and it's it's a fantastic opening, like. I, I hope that's the bit you're going to play because the opening of this is just, it's really electrifying. Um, and then the melodies along through it are uh, just fantastic. And, and Fergal just knows how to really draw out the, uh, the the melody and have everything support it so well. And uh, and everything just sort of flows into each other um, very nicely. And it, it's a shame because like, I, I, I was... I wasn't able to find any other performance. Like, Gail, have you ever performed this at all? Or have you ever had come across no. Tipperary Rhapsody? I yeah. have done a lot of Fergal's works, but I have not seen this one. So I'm interested to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah, it's a great one. Well, yeah. well, like many great Irish composers, Fergal mm-hmm. is a very modest man. Um, uh, yeah. And that, you know, <laughs> truly, truly, truly is. Uh, and, and, you know, I hope that his music is uh, more widely performed in the future. And I know I think it's it's people outside of Fergal that have actually done most of the promotion for Fergal's work, including Tim Rainish. Tim has been yeah. promoting yeah. Fergal's work for a long time, has recorded a lot of it. Uh, Jody Blackshaw has listed mm-hmm. a lot of Fergal's work on our colorful music site um so so fergal isn't his own best promoter fergal's own father probably promotes his music more than he does himself (laughs) Uh, the famous danny carroll um but 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 yes uh fergal's music is uh absolutely amazing and if you're not uh familiar with it well uh, have a look at the screen here this is his publisher's website and you'll be able to go straight here and buy this buy, buy this music uh yourself tonight but let's have a listen to um the beginning of tipperary rhapsody So that is Tipperary Rhapsody uh, by, 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 by Fergal Carroll. Um, so for, if you're interested in finding out more about Fergal's music, you can go to the show notes of this podcast and um, uh, I'll have links there to his publisher and to his bio and so on, as well as other Irish composers of note that we um, would like to promote at, 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 with St. Patrick's Day coming up. Um, Amy. Uh, I this you you had lots of new new music for me today, and your advanced selection was 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 uh, was was another uh, brand new piece to me. I wasn't aware of it, and I've listened to it a number of times today. Um, it's an absolutely beautiful piece. Tell me a little bit about it. Oh, good. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. Well, the composer is uh, Stephen Danhu, and we were. We at the University of Missouri were so fortunate to uh, be able to connect with him when we were, uh, and just last year actually, before the start of the pandemic, our wind ensemble performed at the CBDNA, College Band Directors National Association, Southwestern Division Conference. And we, on on our program, was one of his other selections titled Into the Silent Land. And in, pre- in preparation for that performance, we were very fortunate to, to host uh, Steve um, in, our, in our rehearsal and just collaborate with him. And as I was researching, you know, for the selection, I came across his piece called Agiteto, and it's based on, of course, Percy Granger's Irish tune. And I thought it was just a stunning setting of... Uh, how he was inspired by and how he utilized Percy Granger's work.
That's absolutely stunning. Um, and I, I really highly advise anyone that hasn't heard of that piece before um, to um, uh, follow the the show notes and uh, head over to Stephen Daniel's uh, website and listen and find out more. Uh, thank you so much for that recommendation, Amy. It's beautiful. You're welcome. Yeah. I want to get that for work. So I'll be getting <laughs> that from the army bed anyway. So great piece. Um, so just some of the uh, recommendations that came in from the Facebook group during the week, uh, by far the most um, uh, recommended piece, uh, uh, nearly all by Irish uh, uh, bands people, um, Noel Kavanagh, for instance, uh, famous DCB, Dublin concert band, trombone player, uh, the whole Kavanagh clan are, are famous Irish musicians. Uh, Noel points out to points out T.C. Kelly's A Wexford Rhapsody, mm-hmm. uh, possibly one of my favorite ever Irish uh, compositions uh, and something that I've conducted in the US uh, a number of times including with Gail's uh, group just an absolutely uh, beautiful piece of music featuring uh, these beautiful um, Irish laments from the county of Wexford from the the revolutionary times uh, in 1798 and each one of them tell a story that uh, is worth knowing too it's it's uh, an absolutely beautiful piece. It was performed uh, at the Wasby Convention uh, in Utrecht by the Irish Symphonic Wind Orchestra a number of years ago. Uh, and it also features on the uh, Defence Forces uh, Irish album uh, uh, that we, we, we'll talk a little bit more about in, in, in a moment. Um, other, mom- other pieces that were mentioned were the Irish Washerwoman. Of course, we talked a little bit about Molly yeah. on the Shore. Of course, we have to talk about the Irish Washerwoman. Uh, oh, one of my favorites too. I love that one. I was wondering um, when Leroy Anderson was going to get a mention. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have Lord Tullamore, uh, which we mentioned earlier on, um, which is a great piece. piece. Two Irish Sketches by Dave Black. Uh, mm-hmm. Recollections of Wallace by Fintan O'Carroll. Uh, Blackwater by Fergal Carroll, we mentioned earlier on. Uh, Molly on the Shore, we mentioned. Fiddigan's Wake. Uh, City of Waterford March by David Grant. And that's, of course, mm-hmm. recommended by Julie Quinlan from the City of Waterford Band. Um, uh, not a march that I'm aware of, Julie, but, but definitely one that I'd like to find out more about. Uh, and then uh, we had a whiskey in the jar uh, oh. recommended. Not a particular arrangement of it, but just any sort of whiskey oh. in the jar uh, was recommended. Uh, an Irish sweet uh, by Matthew Sieber, uh, as well, of course, uh, River Dance um, uh, by Will by Bill Whelan, but arranged by Johan de May. Um, mm. And of course, the most recommended piece out of the entire selection. Um, obviously, uh, Wexford Rhapsody was probably the most recommended by Irish people. Uh, but outside of that, the most recommended piece was Irish Tune from County Derry by Percy Granger. Um, a piece that is sometimes I'm asked when I'm when I'm over in the US, is it a piece that we despise here in Ireland? Uh, because you know people assume that we that we that we don't you know want to hear it being played yet again. And the answer that I give every time is that is the piece that I would expect to hear. I I, I absolutely love the piece. It never gets old to me. Um, it can be conducted in a way that sounds old. 
I'll be sure. honest. Yeah, can, you I'm know, sure. uh, but if it's performed uh, at a high standard, it is the most magnificent piece of music, uh, a piece of music that I have told many of my friends and family that I would want played at my funeral. So that's how much that piece means Aww. to me. The most important. So my first ever mass bands concert, John. Uh, so the mass bands concert concerts here when all of the military bands come together. My first ever one, we performed that. And I just remember almost tangibly feeling the music it just it was just the most special performance of that piece of music and it's it stayed with me ever since and then i had tim rainish conducting it last year um here in ireland as well and uh, that was very special so yes it is a piece that us uh, irish band musicians do like playing and, and enjoy listening to as well so um so that was all of the recommendations from our Facebook group. Uh, every month, a uh, week prior to, we, we record this uh, podcast the f- on the final um, Saturday of each month. And the week prior to that, I will be in the, in, the, in the Facebook group asking for recommendations. So head over there, make sure that you're part of our Facebook group and, uh, and, and start making some suggestions. Um, or if you have any questions or want to start planning your own imaginary concert, you can ask people for recommendations in there. It's a great place to get, uh, get some, uh, some ideas and repertoire. Now, yes, good. I have three more, just real quick. I'll just say their titles. Absolutely. Uh, one person, a good friend of mine, uh, past president of ACB, uh, Judy Schellenberger, she mentioned Man and Veen and Man and Veen by Hayden Wood, which mm. uh, is also a beautiful piece of work. Amy, you, I'm sure you know that work. And that is one that I would say that if you don't know, it, it's a beautiful work that you should look into. Another one is Darren Day, which is uh, arranged by Warren Barker. And if you're an American person, you know, Warren Barker's arrangements are beautiful. They're lush and gorgeous. That's a really, really beautiful one. And then there's another one by Del Borgo, which is actually out of print right now, but yeah. it's called Fantasia on an Irish Ballad. And Irish Rhapsody, too. Right, exactly. Right. And so those were just a couple that I wanted to make sure got mentioned. Oh, oh and my favorite Irish composer one is Capricious Celts. Oh, my God. What a Fergus. fun, fun, fun tune to do. It's, it is exactly like it says. It's very Capricious Celts. You can even imagine what's going on with those leprechauns, you know. <laughs> and, and to be absolutely clear for anyone that's listening, because this gets confused all of the time, we've been talking a lot tonight about Fergal Carroll. Yeah. Fergal, fantastic. Fergal is uh, from Tipperary. He's a uh, captain with the... Uh, uh, captain or commandant now, John? No, no, Captain. He's down in captain, Cork now. He's been... Yeah. Ca- captain Fergal Carroll from the Defence oh. Forces. He is different from the other Irish composer who is Fergus O'Carroll. Yes. Uh, Fergus O'Carroll was a member of the Wasby board for a number of years mm-hmm. and also a very, very well-known French right. horn player, conductor, composer, uh, and they, they often get, get confused. Right. <laughs> but Capricious Celts um, is really a fun tune, let me tell and you. that's by Fergus, and, and yeah. it is really fun and performed here in Ireland quite a bit then as well. Um, so I asked tonight for us all, just because St. Patrick's Day is coming up, um, for us to do one last bonus piece before we go, uh, and it was to be a march. Obviously with St. Patrick's Day coming up, we all march and Irish bands are out March. Well, maybe not in 2020 or 2021, but we should be. <laughs> but what I wanted to, I wanted to talk about a little bit about marches uh, tonight. So just very quickly, I won't be playing uh, clips of all of these with the exception of, of the last one. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about a march. So I wanted to see who could, uh, what recommendation recommendations we might have. So uh, Amy, we might start with you. Cause you had a, a simple, a simple uh, uh, choice for this one. 
Yes. Well, our fight song or one of them, Every True Son, is is set to the tune, It's a Long Way to Tipperary. So, of course, when Marching Mizzou went over to Ireland, we were quite popular. <laughs> we just play our fight song. And that's what. That's the best. That's right. We would play in, in the parade and all of a sudden we'd get, you know, quite the reception because of our fight song. So. That's fantastic. So how do you do you know the history of how that song ended up becoming part of the fight song of, of, of the university? Or was there an Irish connection there? I don't not that I know of. You know, it would just it was just set to it. And I I, I should find out a little bit more of the background, but I, I don't, unfortunately. What year, know what, that. Year the, what year did the university establish? Was I mean, was the band established like around World War One? Because if, yeah, if so, that's big, that's big, World, World War One. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The zoo started in 1885 and mm. the University of Missouri was 1839. Yeah. Well, mm. well, you know, inevitably there's always an Irish person somewhere in the middle of a story of something like this. They tend to get themselves around in the in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, there was a lot of us <laughs> hoping to do. And, and when we went or going over in 2020, we had planned, and we had planned to make a little detour to the yeah. town. So we could, so everyone yeah. could, you know. Cool. They, they were there. And well, speaking <laughs> speaking of Irish men that got around in the late 1800s, <laughs> you, do you like that segue? That was, I'm pretty <laughs> impressed with that segue, Gail. Yeah. <laughs> Awful, Gail, Awful. your choice um, for, for our march. Uh, the march that I chose march. was uh, in was when Johnny comes marching home, which is by, uh, well, it's rearranged by many people, but it was originally written by Patrick S. Gilmore. And uh, Gilmore was born in Ireland. And when he, uh, there's a couple different stories that I've heard, but the one I, I like the best, I guess I'll say, is that he um, was taken, he was in the services there in Ireland. And then it's the age of 17 was, was uh, taken to Canada. And then from Canada, he moved to Boston. And when he moved to Boston, then he stayed the rest of his life there. And he was quite an incredible man. He, he really is the father of concert bands in America. And very few people, I think, really understand what he did. You know, John Philip Sousa is so well known because of his writing of literature. I mean, you know, he's a composer. So everyone just knows his works in our world, in our field. Whereas Gilmore only wrote a couple things that have continued to exist. And one of them was this, this melody of when Johnny comes marching home because he was a civil war musician himself here in America. And so that in itself, he's quite, I mean, in, you know, I sometimes think to myself, the lifetime that we are given in our, in our lives uh, is not very long. And the things he did in his lifetime in the 44 years that he actually lived here in America is amazing what this man did. I mean, he did, mm. he did these jubilees where he had 10,000 musicians musicians, not just the people watching, right. you can't imagine an audience of 10,000 other than marching band, maybe, but you know, <laughs> holy cow, that's just like unbelievable. And, and he and Sousa were somewhat of contemporaries sort of uh, in their lifetime. They knew one another and they respected one another highly, but Gilmore was first. So Americans, you know, we sometimes get all high and mighty about Sousa, but Gilmore was really the one that, that did it all. And then Sousa kind of featured some of it after him both military, both really into what they did, but uh, he was in the U union army and just did so many things. So um, I, I have learned a great deal. And 
being involved with ACB, soon to be the president of this organization, I'm really working hard to get some of the Gilmore things better known in here in America. So I am I'm going to push for some of that memorabilia that I know there's an Irishman in uh, there near you, uh, Keith, that uh, Jarleth McNamara, who is who is working really hard to make that us aware of that here in America. So now he's he's got a little more of a stream here with me to try to push that here in America because uh, Amy, you know, teaching education wise, <clears throat> did it for many years. I never I taught Sousa all the time, but I really mm -hmm. didn't understand who Gilmore was for for music in our country. So that needs to be changed, you know, very much so. Oh, well, a, con a connection with a connection with both myself and John here is that Gilmore learned his trade as a cornet player in Costume Barracks. Well, it wasn't called Costume Barracks at the time. It was the British Barracks in Adlone and was taught to play the cornet uh, there, which is the, the barracks that both myself and John uh, served on and where John served as the, the uh, commanding officer of the band there oh, yeah, for some yeah. time. So, uh, so, uh, so, so amazing. And uh, uh, Gilmore's uh, school, where, where he grew up is about a, a five minute drive from, from my house here. So uh, very, very close, very close to home. But yes, absolutely, Gail. I mean, he was probably one of the most successful Irish emigrants of the Irish family. So even if you're not a musician, the, the history of Gilmore is, is pretty right. important, actually. Um, you know, he was a superstar of his day right. um, and uh, an amazing, an amazing story that I know right. will be either a Broadway musical or a Hollywood blockbuster yes. someday yes. Uh, i'm certain of it if they make... more that's what i'm gonna call it <laughs> <laughs> um if you're looking to find out more there's a great arrangement of that um by uh, canadian brass that has then been arranged for wind band then as well it's right. really excellent arrangement of it because yeah. there's not a lot of gilmore's music has been transcribed for modern sensibilities and modern band uh, but that has the 22nd regiment march obviously yeah. stands to itself and um and and, the, and there's a number of other melodies that have been arranged as well but um there is there will be a link to that canadian brass uh, arrangement in the show notes um but i want to finish off with um john's selection and and, and this will this piece will, will play us out tonight because it's actually uh, very relevant for the moment then as well uh john tell us a little bit about your your march for tonight well there's a there's a good few sort of links between america and and ireland with this particular piece because uh while it was uh, arranged by the the late and uh, amazing uh, sammy nestico who uh Unfortunately, it was only passed away a month ago, or yeah. I, I believe, or so. Um, boys of, bo yeah, recently. Um, boys of uh, Wexford is a, a march we regularly play, and I, I, I'm quite sure uh, a lot of bands are, are very familiar with this particular arrangement. But it's got such an incredible story that that uh, I, I now here. Please correct me if my dates are wrong, but it was uh, it was when J uh, John F. Kennedy visited Ireland. I think it was mm -hmm. 1963. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it was this. This song was played to him, and he grew so fond of it that when he went back to America, he he asked whoever was the the band conductor there of the the president's own, um, uh, to to have someone arrange it. And it just happened to be Sammy Nestico who was working there or was serving at the time, um, and it was his tune. And then, unfortunately, yeah, obviously, I think the the story is well known afterwards that a couple of months he he he, he died then. So, but. Uh, it is. It's a, such an incredible march, and it's it's a it's an amazing arrangement. So yeah.
And well, I know Keith, you played it a few times, did you? Or just once or twice, John? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of you were alive at that time, were you? You're all pretty young. No. 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 I was a child. I was just a child. Yeah, when that all happened, sure. Well, yeah. I mean, the other connection with with Ireland there, John, is that when when the funeral of of uh, JFK happened, then um, mm. the uh, guard of honor. Um, at his at his like, graveyard, a graveside where cadets, the Irish, yeah. uh, the Irish military cadets, yeah. um, which yeah. was um, which was controversial at the time uh, that the mm. that the the mm. U.S. Marines weren't weren't asked to to do that, but that was such his affinity with Ireland and and the impact that that tour to Ireland had had, and 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 obviously this music is sort of the soundtrack for that impact um, that yeah. it, that the tour had had to him. Well, just before I play that out, because I do want that song to, to play us out and finish off the podcast, can I just say a big thank you to uh, to Amy Knops, John Carpenter, and uh, returning and uh, friend of the podcast and ever and, 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 and good friend to me, uh, Gail Brechting as well. Uh, this has been absolutely amazing. Um, I've really loved talking about um, uh, all of these Irish songs and, and I, great chance to be able to highlight some Irish composers as well. I know that we haven't highlighted every Irish composer that, that we could. Uh, we could have done this whole show on just Irish composers. I will be putting lots of posts up over the next couple of months featuring different Irish composers and people working within the industry here. Um, there's some great music here. Um, you know, inspired by Jody Blackshaw recently, I've, you know, wanted to make sure that we uh, celebrate composers from all different backgrounds Rounds, but yes, from from Ireland too, and make sure that you know, particularly with St. Patrick's Day coming up, that we're we're celebrating our own uh, Irish composers too. So, um, guys, thank you so much. Um, happy St. Patrick's Day uh, ahead of that. And uh, here we, we play out with uh, the Boys of Wexford, uh, arranged by Sammy Nestigo.